You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. My name is John Boccasino here. We are a proud member of the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. And joining us here on this preview podcast for Saturday's wild card game is Jamie D'Amico. And Jamie, we uh, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, buddy. Good to have you back as always. We've uh, we've made it. Uh, we are within sight of the playoff game. The Bills are making their second playoff appearance in three years. And of course, the Houston Texans are the opponent on Saturday. And uh, this is going to be our fun dive into this matchup. It's the five-seeded Buffalo Bills with a 10-6 record, the first wild card team uh, traveling to the number four seeded Houston Texans, also with a 10-6 record. They went 5-3 at home this year. This game will be a 4.35 p.m. kickoff Saturday afternoon at Energy Stadium. I guarantee there will be a ton of Bills fans in attendance. There has been a lot of movement on social media, uh, talking about fans making the road trip, and it's going to be great to see you know Bills fans represent Western New York uh, and Bills Mafia in this stadium. What are your thoughts, Jamie, leading into this game? Give me all right. Let we usually break down our matchup, and we know that if the Bills win, it's great. If they lose, there's another week, another battle to fight. But this week is different because clearly, if the Bills win, they advance. If they lose, they go home. I guess before we start our preview, here's where I want to start the the podcast with. If Buffalo somehow loses this game, what does that do to you for your thoughts on the impact of the season, how successful it was? I would be disappointed if they lost this game because I think they match up really well with the Texans. But my feelings on the season as a whole, I would feel good about it. They had a better record than I thought they were going to be. They were in striking distance of having a better record than that. Now, I know Bill Parcells says you are whatever your record is, but that last game of the season, they very easily could have won if they had just played some starters. That would have made the Bills an 11-win team. That's two wins better than I predicted they would be. And I actually thought that they would miss the playoffs this year completely because I didn't expect the AFC to be so bottom-heavy. I mean, the AFC was not a good division this year, and this was the year that somebody was going to fall as backwards into the playoffs and Houston may have been one of those. Tennessee was one of those. I think the Bills earned their position, and that's something to feel good about. They earned a spot in the playoffs by playing tough teams tough and winning all the games against teams that they were supposed to. 
What do you think, Mr. Boccasino? Well, it's it's funny, Jamie. I'm looking at um, – there was a tweet that was put out comparing how local media felt the Bills would fare this year versus the national media. And as you probably can expect, <clears throat> the national media was down on how the team was going to fare. And the local folks, including us at Buffalo Rumblings, were pretty bullish on what Buffalo's chances were going to be this year. And uh, I have to say a point of pride for me is how well the Buffalo Rumblings staff did at predicting Buffalo's record for 2019. Five of our writers and reporters nailed the 10 and 6 record, including Humble Bragg, yours truly, who said they were going to be 10 and 6 and qualify for the wild card. Uh, it was it was a great it was a great season. It's been a great season. It's been fun. But this kind of goes back to my point earlier about the Patriots games. And once expectations have been raised, and once you feel like your team is a legit contender you know to make some noise in the playoffs you damn well sure better believe i want this team to win on saturday and i'm going to predict them to win on saturday spoiler alert for later in the podcast how dare you i know teasing our fans with that tantalizing nugget that the bills are going to win this game on saturday um and if they don't i'll have egg all over my face but i don't think the season is a colossal failure if they lose on saturday but it would be a disappointment because of exactly what we were talking about, expectations and seeing this team round into form. When you go from being six and ten last year, you make some, you know, they made some bulk additions in free agency. They weren't earth-shattering pickups. You know, Mitch Morris has been a decent addition. He's battled some injuries, but he's been an anchor on the offensive line. John Brown has been a revelation, as has Cole Beasley, to improve the weapons for Josh Allen. Devin Singletary has been everything we hoped he would be as a third-round pick. Kevin Johnson on defense is stepping up now to provide some valuable reps at the outside cornerback role. So like this team has made why and Andre Roberts, when healthy, has been a dynamic return man. This team has made wise and valued investments on both sides of the ball, and now I want to see them reward Bills fans with the biggest investment they can give at this point, snapping the playoff win streak. The Bills have not won a playoff game since 1995. Please, dear God, in football heaven, let's get this win on Saturday. And I think, Jamie, what gives me so much optimism for this game is the Bills match up really well with the Texans. The Bills match up at almost every this is not your 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 Houston Texans from a couple years ago when Jadavion Clowney and JJ Watt were running wild and rough shot over quarterbacks, getting sacks at a record pace. The Texans still will have J.J. Watt supposedly on Saturday, returning from a torn pectoral muscle, but just putting him on the lineup and on the field does not mean you're getting the defensive player of the year back from a couple of years ago. That's 100% true. And in fact, Romeo Crennel was talking about that. That's the Texans defensive coordinator. And he was saying that they're going to figure out the right way of putting him back in the lineup because they said he is not ready to play a full game yet. So depending on the situations and um, how he's feeling is how much Watt's going to play. That said, I'd prefer he was not on the field at all. I'd much rather face his backup, but you know, Watt's going to, he's going to get his, they're going to keep him well rested. Um, But you know, it's, it's not the same as going against Brandon Dunn, right? You'd rather see Brandon Dunn and whoever the third stringer is, I think is Carlos Watkins, 
whoever that may be. Yeah, I would much rather, of course, not see J.J. Watt on the field, but I just don't know how effective. Maybe he can muster up a couple of snaps where he returns to his old dominant form. But, you know, when you're talking about a torn pectoral muscle, which sounds painful just to talk about the area of the body where this has taken place, you know, it's 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 a really it's basically uh, I'm looking at there's a great article that was done. I want to give some love to it by Kyle Trimble on Buffalo Rumblings talking about the pectoral tear. And what it does is it takes away your explosiveness. It takes away your ability to do an effective swim move when getting after the quarterback. The fact that he's able to come back 10 weeks after the surgery when the normal return time is four to six months is an incredible testament to how determined and how strong-minded J.J. Watt is. But that doesn't mean that just because he's determined he's going to go out there and be able to wreak havoc. This is going to affect his ability to hold his arms up and tackle and reach and get after Buffalo's offensive linemen. And for me, the motions that are required for your pectoral muscle to be effective on Saturday, I think J.J. Watt's going to be a shell of himself. I think he might give his teammates an emotional lift being out there, but I am much more concerned about Whitney Merciless and his outside ability uh, as an edge rusher for these Texans than I am J.J. Watt. What about you? Merciless has been an excellent edge rusher for basically his entire career, and he's being backed up by uh, Barkevius Mingo, uh, one of the best names in the history of the NFL. And I, I'm with you on that, although the um, the Texans overall don't have a very good defense. I believe they were rated 27th in the NFL. So they're struggling in most facets of the game. And I'd really like to see the Bills be sharp on offense and move the ball against that defense. Make, make the Texans offense one-dimensional. Make them try to play catch-up throughout the game. The Bills have shown that when teams are one-dimensional against them, the the Bills can really get after it. They get after the quarterback. They start getting their turnovers. That's exactly what we want to see in this game, right? Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. I want to see. And here's the thing, people, Jamie, we're here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast, getting you ready for the wild card showdown at 435 Saturday afternoon. People don't realize last year when Josh Allen and the Bills traveled to Houston to face the Texans, this offense has not changed that much for Houston compared from one year to now. The offense was held in check by the Bills defense primarily uh, until Josh Allen got hurt. And then, of course, there was the Nathan Peterman experiment and a pick six, and the game was over at that point. And it was a a miserable uh, five or six week stretch with Derek Anderson and also Nathan Peterman quarterbacking the Bills. But the Texans offense has not gotten that much better and that much different uh, year to year. The key for Houston is going to be Will Fuller, who is one of five key players for the Texans, who is questionable. He's got a groin injury that's been nagging him for quite some time. And this Texans team is totally different when Will Fuller is in the lineup because, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is a game playing game changing wide receiver out there. He is somebody who really is going to challenge Tredavious White. But I think White's up for that challenge of trying to slow uh, him down, slow down one of the best playmaking wide receivers in the league. The key for Houston's offense is Will Fuller. I'm going to read a couple stats for you, Jamie, and I want to get your reactions to it. When Will Fuller is on the field, somehow, some way, he is the straw that stirs the drink. He is the catalyst of this offense because the Texans average nearly 300 passing yards a game with Will Fuller on the field. 
when Will Fuller is not on the field, that number is cut in half to 158 passing yards per game. This is a huge game time decision for whether Will Fuller will be on the field Saturday or not. He said he's going to play. His coach has said he's going to play. I don't know if I buy it because the groin, as we all know, is a very concerning injury to have, especially for an explosive, speedy receiver like Will Fuller. If he is not on the field on Saturday, I really am excited for what Buffalo's defense can do to clamp down on this Texans offense that is really not that complicated. You know, they can run Carlos Hyde. He averages four and a half yards a carry. He had a thousand yard season this year. They've got Duke Johnson. They can split out of the backfield, another running back who can catch passes. But if Fuller is not out there, I would love to see the Texans try to throw this ball 40 or 50 times to to win the game because it's not going to be successful for them, in my humble opinion. The Bills have struggled with bigger bodied receivers this year, especially Levi Wallace. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, you know that Trey White is going to draw that assignment. Um, It's what's happening opposite of DeAndre Hopkins, who I think is... I think over the past five years, he's been the best receiver in the NFL, even if his stats don't necessarily bear that out. Uh, He's had some adversity at quarterback until Watson came in. And um, what I'm seeing, though, is Kenny Stills and Will Fuller, they're six feet tall. Stills is a bit wider bodied, but this is the kind of player that Levi Wallace struggles to match up against for two reasons. Number one, the size. But number two, if you watch Levi Wallace's game, he gets out of his back pedal very quickly. If you see a side-by-side of Levi Wallace and Trey Davis White, Trey can almost sprint backwards. What happens with Levi Wallace is he ends up having to turn his hips in order to start going downfield. That's exactly when you see receivers break off the routes against them, use their size to muscle the ball in and out routes in post patterns, it's square ins, whatever they may be running. But that's been the Achilles heel of his game. Now, Kevin Johnson, smaller than Levi Wallace. So what do we have here? Well, we want to try to keep the six foot tall receiver who's also really fast, that being Will Fuller, We'd like to figure out a way of keeping him in check. Other teams haven't really been able to do that because they haven't been able to double uh, DeAndre Hopkins when Fuller's on the field the way I think you would want to. As I said, I love Hopkins. But I think that this is going to be, they say it's a game time decision. I'm hearing rumblings that he's not going to be able to make it on the field. They're saying Watt definitely, and people are saying that they're, they're trying to basically play the whole mind games with the Buffalo Bills. But in your opinion, John, to say that a player is going to be on the field and then they're not going to be, do, does that does that affect your game planning anywhere near as much as saying a player is out and then all of a sudden they're in? It, it seems to me like it would be very easy to just roll away because, I mean, these are NFL coaches, you know, that they they know how to you know say okay need to make a quick in-game adjustment okay 
now we have the ability to double team this great receiver on the other side of the field. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't really think it makes um, that big of a difference when it comes to you know the game planning and the scheming and all that. I think that one of the advantages that, that Buffalo does have is with Kevin Johnson being very familiar with the Texans, having been a former first-round pick by that team. He knows he's gone up against these guys in practice. So, you know, for example, if Levi Wallace can't go – for Buffalo, which all signs are that he will be able to go, uh, whoever they plug in against a Will Fuller if he's out there, or more likely if it's a Kenny Stills and a Kiki Cutie, which is a fun name to say 10 times fast, um, that the Bills, I think, will be able to really still match up pretty well. I don't think it means anything other than showing the emotional lift to your teammates that this guy who is battered in Will Fuller is doing everything he can to get back out there on the field. But those mental games, they end, I think, the minute that the the kickoff happens. So I don't think it's that big of a lift uh, for Houston. I don't think it's that big of a mental mind ploy that they're trying to use against Leslie Frazier in the defense. And I really hope that, again, Houston does not – the way I see this game playing out, Jamie, the way I see it not working for Buffalo – is if the Texans come out and try to run the ball 30, 40 times with Carlos Hyde and with Duke Johnson. If they come out committed to the run, this could be a very, it will be a very close game. It'll be a very compelling game. And I could see Buffalo's defense wearing down. Uh, The Texans don't have the greatest offensive line, but they're good enough to wear down the Bills um, if they commit to the run. I say a big if because this is Bill O'Brien we're talking about, the head coach for the Texans, who is not known as the most, how shall we say this, intelligent of play callers and offensive schemers. I could see him saying, hmm, let's go out there and let's try to attack the Bills' strength with our strength. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins is tremendous. He had 1,100 yards on the season. He had 104 catches. He had seven touchdowns. But to go after Tredavious White would be a huge mistake, in my opinion, for what Houston should do. I, I'm almost, I almost feel like they're going to outthink themselves on this one. They should run the ball against Buffalo, but instead, I could really see them trying to air this one out here, especially if Will Fuller is able to give it a go. If not, again, this offense is just a shell of itself. And uh, yes, Deshaun Watson is athletic, and yes, he is elusive. But you know, I think the knock on Deshaun Watson, um, if you get enough multiple pressures on him. If you don't have just one guy trying to beat his man and pressure Deshaun Watson, if you get good gang pressure on that offensive line, you're going to get some sacks and you're going to get some takedowns. That to me is the way you attack this Houston offense is to not sit back and let Deshaun Watson dictate what he's going to do, but force his hand. Don't let him hold onto the ball for four or five seconds in the pocket and get constant pressure. And I think that'll work really well for Buffalo. You're 100% right. He has a tendency to hold the ball. He was sacked over 30 times this year. Um, and what you want to do with him, and is this is because he's such an athletic player, you want to keep him in the pocket. And a great scheme against them this year was the Carolina Panthers back when they were coached by Ron Rivera earlier this year. In fact, it was week four. And I promise you that Sean McDermott has called his old boss at the Carolina Panthers and said, okay, tell me exactly what you drew up. I went back and took a look at that game and the, the Panthers did something consistently that the Ravens did against the Buffalo Bills. And they went with the diamond front pass rush. And for those who are not familiar with it, that's basically five pass rushers 
whose job is to keep the quarterback in the pocket. So you've got one pass rusher coming up the middle. The other four fan out along the sides. Now, one of the unique things about this style of pass rush is the defensive ends never rush deeper than the quarterback has dropped. So what that ends up doing is if they're not pushed beyond the quarterback, it compresses the defensive lineman and takes away the running lanes. That's what you want to do with Deshaun Watson. And then what you have is your defensive lineman sort of using the bull rush, using power moves. Eventually, the coverage either breaks down or it stays there long enough that Watson stays in the pocket and the blocking breaks down. And that's when you end up seeing the sacks happen. He's He's a good quarterback. I mean, there's no doubt about that. A lot of people would have loved to have seen Buffalo draft him a few years ago. That's not how it shook out. But there are ways of beating him, and keeping him in the pocket is absolutely it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
Now let's flip the script a little bit here, Jamie, as we are breaking down Saturday's wild card game here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. And with the offense for Buffalo, if Buffalo can get to 20 points on Saturday, I feel pretty confident that the Bills are going to win this game. Obviously, the key is going to be Josh Allen continuing to limit his mistakes, limit his turnovers, and read and react to what he sees on the field. I think the biggest game changers for Buffalo are going to be the same usual suspects we've been talking about for the last two months. That's Devin Singletary, that's John Brown, and that's Cole Beasley. When it comes to Buffalo's offensive line, which can be much maligned at times, but again, is held up better than I think you know most people have expected with all the injuries that they've been dealing with. Um, Ty and Shecky, we still don't know his status. He is still questionable. Cody Ford against Whitney Merciless gives me nightmares. I could see that being a horrible mismatch and horrible disadvantage for the Bills, but there's ways you can game plan for one talented edge rusher. That's why, again, if this were the J.J. Watt of three years ago, I'd be really worried about Merciless and Watt lining up opposite and just causing complete chaos on the offensive line. I'm expecting a lot of Devin Singletary screen passes, Devin Singletary runs off of the zone read look. I'm looking for Josh Allen to be in a lot of zone read offenses, go shotgun, spread out this Texans defense and have trust Josh Allen to make those reads and progressions in his second year that we've come to expect as of late. And hopefully if he can do that, they can limit the turnovers and drive downfield and get just enough points to win this game. Because again, I feel this one is really, even though the Bills are the underdog being on the road, I feel this one is right for the taking for Buffalo to pull off the upset. Now, the Bills have played against a few 3-4 defensive schemes this year, and that's what the Texans run. The Bills haven't put up big numbers against those. That would be, uh, I'm thinking off the top of my head, the AFC North teams, including the Ravens and the Steelers. What I would like to see uh, is... I think I would like to see Dawson Knox get involved in this game and use his athleticism against linebackers who undoubtedly are going to have to cover him. When you have that many linebackers on the field, obviously one to two of them are going to be pass rushing on each down. That's going to leave um, your middle linebackers out there in coverage. Now, you can have slightly speedier inside linebackers when you're playing 3-4, uh, but... I would really like to see them scheme some mismatches in Dawson Knox getting out into some patterns. And also, that's going to free up some of Cole Beasley's crossing patterns across the middle of the field. I think you can probably have a a field day with the the short to intermediate passes, the the five to ten yard throws, I, I think are going to be wide open during the game. And uh, John Brown, well, it feels like it's been a while since we've seen him really take over a game. It seems like over the course of the season, uh, Cole Beasley has kind of stepped into a little bit more of a a favorite role of Josh Allen's. And I I think that John Brown is due for a really big game. I think if they can establish the run and establish the short passes, 
they're going to have no problem getting him open on the intermediate throws. I think you're going to end up seeing John Brown with like 140 yards this game if they do exactly what I said. That would be awesome to uh, to follow that script out there because again, I feel like this Texans defense can be had. Um, they're vul- they have two decent uh, corners outside, but one of them, Bradley Roby, is battling a hamstring injury. He's questionable for the game. The other one, Garyon Conley, is good, but he's been up and down so far this year. Jonathan Joseph, one of their other corners, is also questionable with a hamstring injury. So I think what you're going to see is exactly what you said, Jamie. Spread out the offense. John Brown having a field day, Cole Beasley over the middle with the slot passes. You're right, Dawson Knox, this is going to be his chance to make an impression on the national stage. And again, I really expect the Bills to pull the same kind of offensive play calling that they did when they went to Texas and beat the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving afternoon. And similarly, it was the exact same kickoff time uh, that the game will be on Saturday. So hopefully um, when he's getting ready for his interviewing, Brian Dable is able to dust off that play call from the Dallas game because I think that would work out perfectly with a lot of hurry up offense, a lot of spread offense, and a lot of zone reads to really keep this Texans defense on their heels. The defense can definitely be had. And that's where, again, Buffalo, I think, has an advantage in most of these matchups. When you look at it going through, you know, one to 53, I feel like the Bills really do have the advantage in a lot of these matchups. And, you know, Sean McDermott, I can't wait to see what he has done as a motivational ploy, you know, for his team, what we hear about after the game, what they did to try to, you know, get themselves psyched up for this one, because I know this Bills team, this is not going to be too big for them. This is not going to be a situation where there's nerves. The offense will probably struggle a bit like it has all year, but this could be the game that gets the offense back on track because, again, this is a – you're not talking about playing the Ravens or the Patriots or the Chiefs defense. This is a vulnerable Texans defense, and that's why, again, I feel so confident that Buffalo will pull off the win on Saturday, which, again, is an quote-unquote upset because they were the wildcard team. Houston won their division. They're on the road. I believe it's a a three-and-a-half point line as of right now for the game on Saturday, uh, with Buffalo being, of course, the underdog. So that's a great segue, Jamie, into our predictions for this game. I know I told you that I'm picking Buffalo to win this game. I'm going to stand by it. I say Buffalo will eke out a victory. I say eke out. I say Buffalo will win this one 24 to 16. And again, I could see, like you said, John Brown having a massive game out there. Dawson Knox having a quality game. Devin Singletary being a two-way threat like he's been all year. And I see Buffalo advancing into the second round and getting that first playoff win since 1995. What about you, buddy? The first thing I'm going to predict is something much smaller, that Buffalo is actually going to run a successful screen pass, and they are going to successfully defend a screen pass in this game, which would be two major departures from the script this season. I have not seen a worse screen pass team than this Buffalo Bills, and I think this is the week that they figure it out. Now, that said... The Texans have been inconsistent all season, and they're lucky they played in a rather, oh, I would say they they, they played a, a slightly weaker schedule because the AFC was generally down this year. Now, a couple of good teams in their division, obviously, you you had the Colts, you had the, uh, the Titans, who once they found their way to Ryan Tannehill were an excellent team. Um, but I think that Buffalo is... 
going to come out with some confidence and they're going to be ready to play. And let it not be lost that Bill O'Brien teams perform terribly in the playoffs. Under Bill O'Brien, the Texans have consistently gone to the playoffs and been one and done. And I don't think the season is going to be any different. You're going to find this kind of strange because my score was almost exactly the same as yours. I'm predicting 24 to 13. Buffalo wins this game. Well, of course, Bills fans, the big moment is coming up on Saturday, a 4.35 p.m. kickoff. The Bills travel to Texas to face the Houston Texans in the wild card game. We will have every angle of that game covered. And uh, Jamie, based on our predictions, we both feel pretty good that we will have another preview to do uh, for next week, whether it's going to Baltimore or going to Kansas City in the second round of the AFC playoffs. But regardless, come back here to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast, to check out our thoughts on this one. And uh, Jamie D'Amico, we always appreciate you stopping by to give your two cents. Happy to be here, man. You know what? This is my Super Bowl. This is this is better than what I thought was going to happen this year. And if they win this game, everything else is gravy. And I don't even care what happens in the second round of the playoffs. I'm just so thrilled to be here right now. Wanting the win, man. You got to believe. That's why our podcast is named after. Believe. We believe it's going to happen. Can't wait to see what happens on the field on Saturday. Of course, come check out our thoughts. Afterwards, we'll have a recap podcast early next week. But in the meantime, enjoy the game and go Bills. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.